Welcome everybody to another Angry Wargamer podcast. I am your host, Jason the Angry Wargamer, and today is brought to you by none other than the major caffeine headache inducing Fago. Okay. Get that out of your system. I did. Fantastic. Hello, it's... everyone. <laughs> Andrew's here. <laughs> Hi there. How are you doing? Uh... You doing all right? You get your delicious Fago Mountain Dew or whatever the fuck you're drinking at this moment? You can sit down because we're about to bitch like nobody's business. Yeah, we haven't. Um... Yeah, I got that Fago root beer. <laughs> TikTok got me listening to ICP again. <laughs> anyway, um, I we haven't recorded in a while and if you only listen to this podcast version of the podcast then you've missed the uh youtube cast that we did um if you're not part of the facebook and you don't follow us on twitter you don't know what happened if you don't follow us on or subscribed on youtube then you definitely don't know what happened um drew and lando put out an episode uh last week i had trouble converting the audio for some reason it wouldn't strip the audio from the um from the, the video call, um, I don't know what happened. The quality sounds all right, uh, but I had to upload it as a video, so it's only on YouTube. It's our first YouTube-exclusive episode, uh, so go give that one a listen to kind of fill in the gap. We have, Otherwise, we haven't recorded in, what, like three weeks? Four weeks? Almost a month, right? Almost a month, dude. Yeah, fuck. Well... <laughs> If you guys want excuses, it's all on me. <laughs> I had some a bunch of major shit happen. Um, not mentally in the right place to be doing a podcast, and I don't want to be all depressed on the fucking cast. So, um, but yeah, it was. It seems to be like one thing after the other after the other. <laughs> so, um, but we're good now, kind of, almost. I'm calm. My mind's out of the out of a weird place, and we're back at it. So, um. Last time they covered, what'd you guys cover? Uh, some Metroid stuff, some Twitch stuff, some. You guys, you guys covered a bunch of shit. Dynasty Warriors. Yeah. Um, yeah, we covered a bunch of random stuff while you were gone, just to kind of, you know, let, you know, sort everything out. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, um, what else? What else? What else? Um, other than that, like I've just literally been painting, um, beefing with people on TikTok. Uh, found a real, real prime douchebag on TikTok. Ended up uh, getting his count banned, like permanently banned after three weeks, and now he's trying to rebuild it again. Um, good shit, good shit. <laughs> so if you want to follow that nonsense, uh, you can find me on TikTok, and I still have my video up. And then Funtime has his on Instagram, so that pretty that'll pretty much catch you up on everything that's been going down. Minus a few, like, other updates. I don't really want to give this guy any more fucking attention. You and your fucking shit storms, <laughs> I swear. It's not worth it, man. This guy... Well, first off, like... Like, you claim... Like, if you claim to be a promoter of women and a promoter... Or, or you want you want to speak for the introverts because, they you know, they don't want to speak for themselves, don't be a fucking homophobic racist asshole. Like, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, some good digging got done. And then he created a fake account uh, pretending to be his lesbian in real life friend. Turned out it was just him. 
because he he fucked up and is a fucking moron. Dude, I'm watching this life his his fucking life crumble, and I can give two shits about this guy. Like everybody just keeps sending me his shit. So, like I literally said to to his fake account after they said we were being immature and we were embarrassing ourselves. Um, that if if he died in a house fire, my life would not change. <laughs> so. There's my thoughts on that. Anyway, moving on. I think if I died, if I died in a house fire, your life wouldn't change. So, I mean, that isn't much of a fucking measurement. I mean, I'd care (laughs) about you at least. (laughs) Fair fair enough. (laughs) I got, I got that going for me. Yeah. I mean, about people I, you know, I give a shit about, like I would, I, you know, at least it would affect me in some way. So yeah, my life would kind of change a little bit. Um, anyway, but yeah, um where else am i going with this i think that's about it like i haven't really been doing i've been doing like random live streams of like uh video games i've been playing a lot of diablo 3 because diablo 2 uh doesn't have like no one will play online with me (laughs) and i I can't beat diablo so i've kind of given up on my barbarian and gone to um i've already beaten diablo once already and i did it in single player yeah, I mean, I've been do. trying to do single player, but I keep fucking dying in pandemonium. Like, I'm like, ha- like I'm right there. Like, I'm literally right there. <laughs> I just, for some reason, I can't, like, can't get past the fucking, some of the elites right now. I just think I have the wrong build. If I change up the build, I think I'd be fine. That's what really pissed me off about that fucking game. In the original game, they had a potion that you could just take to reset all of your skills and all of your fucking attributes. Mm-hmm. In this game, you only get one time per run to reset your attributes mm-hmm. unless you grind for the materials to get a, to create a potion to do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's fucking stupid. Yep. <laughs> oh man. At least like, that's why I think I went back to D three because it's a lot more friendly. Like you can literally change your build based on your gear. So, I don't know. I'm in Torment 10 right now, grinding out my Barbarian. Um, and then I started a Necromancer in D3. But, like, yeah, that's, a, that's like, really all of it. And then I've been doing some random streams of, like, I played some Toe Jam and Earl on a TikTok stream. Um, I see a bunch of people doing it. I, I'm going to buy end up buying a monitor, I think. And then maybe I'll actually be able to live stream some ac- actual shit. Um, I have everything set up. I literally just have to plug everything in and push play. So if I get a monitor, that's what's happening, guys. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm not going to be I'm not trying to push a live stream on you guys. Don't worry. But it'd be cool to at least try to entertain some people in real time. <laughs> I mean, I give TikTok people that follow me for my painting stuff. And when I'm on live, I get at least a, a decent crowd. So, you know, like 10 people um, at most sometimes, which is fine. That's, not bad. That's I mean, yeah. I just if you want to hang out and have a conversation, that's the best way to find me. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. What have you been up to? Um, at the moment, I've been working um, as far as <clears throat> like gaming stuff. I've been playing Diablo 2. Um, the shared inventory feature in single player is a fucking godsend. So building new characters as I grind existing ones is stu- stupid fucking easy. So like 
I played through as a druid, as a summon druid for the first playthrough. Managed to get a bunch of extra stuff for necromancers. Immediately took that stuff and a bunch of runes, dumped it into shared. Ended up with a bunch of you know unique items and, and uh, um, some greens and some other you know yellow items. Just the had everything out. Created my necro after I beat beat through the uh, normal mode with the druid. I'm currently in loot go lane with the druid in uh, nightmare mode. And I use him as basically my uh, jewel farm because there every time go. my you know, every time my lower characters get a bunch of jewels they can't do anything with, I just dump them on him. He, he transmutes them and you know I get more and more jewels. If I was playing in online, I could definitely be farming for some god for some god sets, but it's just like within the bubble I have, it's actually pretty pretty uh, self-contained. Like I could run through this game a few times and feel pretty good about each of my runs, especially because if I have extra charms that I'm not using because they either don't do anything for my current build or they're just redundant in whatever way, I can leave them in there and hand them off to you know, lower level characters and just have a steady supply where each new character I create is, com is not completely caught off, caught off guard and can actually take stuff and run with it. And having access to rings and stuff so quick, so early in the game is quite useful. Even Especially sets, gotten, some of the sets I, you can wear what, at like level five. Yeah. And uh, I, I get a bunch of these, uh, you know, increased percentages to getting magic items. I got like five of them. Extra, extra gold uh, uh, amulets and rings. So it's just like farming for items is not even remotely difficult as long as I'm willing to do the legwork. Yeah, my barbarian's sitting at like almost seventy percent magic, uh, magic item find. Yep, it's kind of nice because you can start farming sets. You can do a whole bunch of other wacky shit with very little difficulty, and it makes the game that much more that, that much more streamlined. Yeah, and enjoyable. That, for that's that why. Matter. That, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. And enjoyable for that matter. Oh hell yeah. Now, if they only allowed you to play offline with other people, like in a LAN situation, I would be much happier than trying saying. to do you know, fucking online where I'd have to go and, you know, hunt for people. So the, other, with... the other issue that I thought about was um, the Switch version, which me and you play on, only caters up to four people, where uh, the online for everybody else is eight people, which everybody's freaking out about, apparently. I don't see a problem with that, because here's the thing. It's not it's shared loot it's not personal loot so like anytime i've ever played with somebody online i have to be the first one on top of the items to get something if i need it otherwise i'm not seeing anything so um online kind of sucks because like i said anybody can join your game you can't keep people out really um i mean you can build a lobby but even then like other people can join that lobby from my understanding so yeah, I'd rather, like, if it was, like, if you can do an offline mode with a shared online mode, like, you know, like, you want to play with your friends, right? Like, me and you want to play together, it brings us online, but only only us. Like, we're the only ones that can be in that game. That would be cool. It'd be like a pseudo LAN setup where you have right. a bunch of games that are linked together, but you don't have to worry about external forces getting involved. Trust me. That was the one complaint most people had with Diablo 2 uh, Resurrected because mm -hmm. they got rid of the land feature, which was something that a lot of people wanted. It was like, I don't give a shit about going on to Battle.net and doing that, you know, finding other people, ending up getting scammed or losing my shit because 
you know, other people aren't paying attention. I'm actually trying to do like a group thing with my friends and get in on that action, but no, can't do it. Yep. I mean, we, at, we that point, do it at that point, you'd have to play the odds and be like, I guess I'll create a lobby, tell everywhere and tell the you know three other friends I have where I am and hope they fill the lobby before fucking somebody else jumps in on it. Yeah. It's just they like the quality of life is so fucking ridiculous. It's like I'd rather play single player because it's infinitely more play, playable. But but I know eventually I'm going to have to do some online play because Orlando just got the fucking game and he wants to play online with us. Yeah. So but it's like, like, fuck, all right. I guess we have to fucking do it now. <laughs> yeah. Well, good thing I have, like, a level, like, 40-something online. <laughs> anyway, but, um, yeah, no, D3 I, I like because I can, like, I grind it all the way to Torment 10 on my own. <laughs> so. Well, maybe I'll grab that next and, you know, once I get bored. Because having both games wouldn't bother me that much. The problem with D3 is I think you, that's always online, isn't it? Um, yes, but you can change the privacy to, uh, friends only. I'm just saying you can't just play in a vacuum. I mean, technically you can't play in a vacuum for Resurrected either, I don't think. Yeah, no, because you still have to sign in through the Battle.net to get to the offline character. So oh, that's lame. It's the same exact thing. It doesn't say, like, you're online, though. I don't know. The That was the other thing. I picked up the OLED... Dude, the battery life on that, fan-fucking-tastic. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess we can get... That'll be part of the Metroid talk, I guess. But, um, I mean, yeah, you guys we, talked we about talked it. We talked a little bit about it. We talked a little bit about it before, but I, I'd be more than happy to talk about it because I was I shoehorned that into accessibility because, like, that's suddenly popping off again about accessibility in fucking video games. Yeah. And that's just going to be... Uh, well, we can start fuck. there. I don't, what do we, I don't know how, how we wrote the list this time. Hold on. I mean, I posted it in, in the chat just to make sure. No, it's the, the second one, but yeah, we'll start there. Anyway, so like, I got the OLED, um, the new Switch. First off, screen, phenomenal. Sound, phenomenal. Dude, it, this thing is fucking, like, I think it's going to wake people up at, like, the lowest setting <laughs> in handheld mode. Like, if you play it docked, you're not going to notice the difference. It is what it is. But if you play it handheld, holy fuck are these speakers, like, banging for for a handheld fucking system um the battery life lasts fucking forever like i i haven't hit the the 10 percent mark like since i got this thing when i played in handheld mode and i went like almost like all day with handheld it was like i think close to like something like eight and a half hours almost nine hours before i put it on the charger and i still didn't even get the warning for the low battery damn son so yeah. Anyway, I'm drinking as I'm talking. Um, no, that's fine. The, um, what I was going to say. So, yeah, the OLED switch, fucking phenomenal. I also bought a Power A Fusion wireless remote. Um, the You can do wireless or wired, and it's got a switch on the back to go to analog or the Bluetooth setting. Mm-hmm. It's a great fucking controller. That dies quicker than my switch does. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. So, um, but that one still gets six hours of six, like six and a half hours of play, like straight play time. Um, okay. With the Bluetooth. It's a phenomenal controller. It feels great. The, the, the sticks move great. Um, you can pop off the faceplate and switch the faceplate, which also allows you to pop off the, uh, sticks so you can replace the sticks and you can clean it out. 
which is great. Nice. What they don't tell you is that when the battery starts to die on it, it drifts. And I'm talking bad drift. Like, you think Joy-Con drift is bad? This is like Joy-Con drift on fucking crack. It'll just lock it in a direction and let it go. Oh, boy. And that's in that's when it, it's running out of juice. So, like, if you plug it in and then go to analog mode while it's charging, it works perfect again. It, Dude, I've never had such a fucking comfortable controller in my entire life. I love this fucking thing. I think it's... I bought it for, like, 100 it's now on sale for like 85. So um, if you want a comfortable fucking switch controller, like pad, I highly recommend this. And the wireless, dude, it, it's good. It, it, the inputs are good. This is where it gets tricky with the Metroid. <laughs> so I uh, almost beat Metroid in three days. I'm still at the final boss. This final boss is kicking my ass. I can't fucking figure this shit out. I mean, I have it figured out. I'm... For some reason, I'm in, like, fucking, like, hand-eye coordination hell and, like, get into panic mode and start doing shit I'm not supposed to, which ends up killing me. Um, the final boss, dude, these boss fights are fucking incredibly hard in some points. Even running from the little Emmys are hard. Like, if you don't, if you're not paying attention, these fuckers will catch you. <laughs> like, they don't fuck around. <laughs> Um, I call them the parkour robots, which is funny because they mentioned parkour in the game on the on the on the uh, loading screens, which is fucking hysterical. Um, this game is incredibly fun, incredibly fast, and will suck you in for hours. Here's where shit gets weird. There were reviewers out there that complained about Metroid. Hands down, complained about Metroid. They're like, it's too hard. There's no easy mode. I hate to break it to you. No Metroid game has an easy mode. Every Metroid game makes you go back and forth between different, like, zones. That's just how it's always been. Every Metroid game has hidden fucking blocks. You know this. But it, they don't tell you where to shoot, but you can tell, hey, there's a little area above me right here, but there, I don't see a way to get there. So how do I do that? You just start shooting at the fucking ceiling, right? This is what people are complaining about. They're complaining about fucking hidden blocks because they're not marked. We don't know that they're marked. Are, are you fucking kidding me? Are you? F no Metroid game has ever done that. <laughs> it is up to you to find the secrets. That's where like a lot of the hidden like upgrades are. The missile upgrades, the fucking energy upgrades. Like you can end up with I think close to 200 missiles, right? A 200 missile pack. If you collect every missile drop, I never did it. I didn't do that. I ended up with like 120. I, I probably should go back and try to get the other 70 <laughs> because I kind of need them for the final boss. But every fight, I mean, you don't even need them. A lot of these boss fights, there's ways to get the missile up, like the missile regen stuff, health regen during the fight, they have a parry mode. This thing, the game is good. The game is fucking good. There's, there's no, I, you cannot talk shit about this game. <laughs> this game is visually appealing, fast paced, difficult when it needs to be difficult, and is hands down probably one of the best Metroid games I have played. Um, 
and I've I've played the last one I played was Prime. So um I know there's been a few after that. But it it kind of ties in some of the story. Like if you watch any of those videos where they, they go over the full story of Metroid, uh Dread falls in towards the end. So like it explains everything and then there's Dread. It's fucking great. The story at the end is great. I don't get the fucking controversy. Um with it being too hard for people. But this goes along with the last time we talked about it. Reviewers need to have some sort of skill to play the game or have spent some time playing the game, right? You need to understand things about the game. If your complaint for shitting on this game is that you can't see hidden blocks and the bosses are too hard, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, you got to be fucking kidding me. So... I go back. I went back and forth with somebody, and it was it wasn't a, like we were at each other's throats about it, because she because she had her feelings about it. Uh, it's a friend of mine who I've known for a bit on Twitter, and she kind of went the whole. She she went, why in the world do, does do we not have a feature to skip bosses, or you know skip you know ha, you know skip all the things that might be too difficult? Maybe I just want to enjoy the game, and I'm like, well. If you're looking at the template the way it's been historically, if you wanted to break that trend and do that kind of stuff, why even play the game at that point? You Especially if skip... it's a narratively driven game and you you need that to be able to, especially if it's something like the boss might be the final boss. Why the hell would you skip the final boss? Why are you even playing the fucking game at that point? And it's just like, well, you, and then someone chimes in, of course, because they're all because everybody has to, you know, get their two fucking cents and like, well, you don't have to use it. I'm like, sure, you don't have to use fucking anything. And I have no problem with it. And I already said my piece. I'm like, if you want to have something like the uh, the gold, the golden uh, leaf in like the 3D Mario games. Yeah. For that kind of situation. Go right the fuck ahead. Because people who don't want to use it don't have to fucking use it. There's nobody there's nobody twisting your fucking arm to, to make you use the shit. For me, it's just completely fucking stupid that you would, you know, gut a game rather than attempt to make a game, you know, learn the game's mechanics, try and figure out what it's trying to teach you on how to try and, you know, adapt to the game's gameplay style. People don't fucking want to do that anymore. And I'm not sure if it's just because of the relative age of people. The, that might you be the can case. Skip, Maybe people are just too fucking old to give a shit anymore. You can skip a lot of the bosses, and your major power-ups, like your suit power-ups, are after mini-bosses, really. Um, kind of? I mean, yeah, most of your, most of your like, mini-power-up, like, your, um, your upgrades come from like the mini bosses, like the major bosses, like, uh, K raid and, um, I don't even know some of the other ones, like some of the other, like, uh, monster creatures, those you don't really need to do. Like you can skip, like, there's only like one where they like force you into it, um, to get to the heat, the, um, the lava suit, so you can get to the lava suit, but like your gravity suit comes after like a little like doesn't even have a mini boss. You just have to find out where like find where it is. So I mean, you basically have to unlock a lot of these mini bosses. Like a lot of the major bosses, like you can kind of skip. 
um, and go back to, but like even some of these mini bosses are incredibly hard, but these mini bosses end up being regular fights after you've defeated them. So it's, it's kind of strange that you would want to skip any of that. Like it doesn't make sense. Cause then you're not enjoying the game. Like, what are you doing then? Dude, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a Metroid game. That's the only way to explain it. It's a fucking Metroid game. Like you that is fucking, that's you what don't the have game to fucking is. Argue with me on that yeah. one. I absolutely that's what, agree. That's with That's what you. the game is built for. You you go to the zones. You collect the power ups. You go to the bosses. Like that's the whole point of the fucking game. Like you're not getting an open world in a Metroid game. Even even fucking Prime wasn't open world. Like as open world, it was more 3D, but it still felt like Metroid. You still had to go through it and get the power ups. Go back to different levels. Go to the bosses. Beat the bosses. And then get to the final boss. Like, there's no no. There's a specific reason why there's an entire genre of fucking games called Metroidvanias. Right. It's <laughs> it's exactly the fucking reason why it's called that. Now, but but like for me, I th- there's a mix up for me. I think between accessibility of gaming and training wheels for gaming. Now, accessibility for gaming, to me, in my opinion, and what I observe by, you know, all the things that I've seen, because I've watched a couple of, like, Laura Kate Dale's videos about it, and I've seen a couple of uh, uh, posts on Twitter about this kind of stuff, the things people would want in a game to make it accessible, like, um, you know, you know, handicap-accessible controllers, um, abilities, you know, to turn on your console with, you know, with different ways other than, like, pressing buttons. Like that to me is accessibility in gaming. Completely gutting, like a gaming a play a gameplay experience, so that somebody doesn't have to play through anything just to get to the end of a fucking story. So they they get you know, I you know I don't I skipped all the parts where I did anything and they just told me what the story was. Like go read a fucking book then. I'm go play I'm, a visual novel where there's no consequences for your actions or minimal consequences unless you're playing like, um, I can't even remember the goddamn name with the weird teddy bear. I don't care. Um, <laughs> Five Nights. You know I have the, Five I have Nights. The God- Danganronpa. Dan- okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, the, the, every, there, there are people who like love that series to death. I'm just like, it's a visual novel game. I don't give a shit. Oh, it's like Nino Kuni. Same. Re- no, it's like um, uh, the 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 literary club one that everyone was talking about that was super freaky. Yeah, you heard know. about that one? No. That's what that that's what uh, Danganronpa is. Okay. It's a visual novel game where you basically play. It's basically a choose your own adventure with extra steps. Gotcha. 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 You, every your choices have consequences. You you have different endings. Like it literally plays like a, it's literally a visual novel. It's is literally it like a choose Ace? your own adventure. Huh? Is it like Ace Attorney? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's exactly what. It's All like. right. Yeah. Okay. That, there's your parallel. But yeah, it's just like, go play visual novel then. Clearly, you don't want to go and learn the mechanics of the game. And th- you know what? These are the people who probably w- wouldn't go through the fucking effort to play like Hollow Knight and figure out its mechanics. The game is extremely awesome. unforgiving. It's not, <laughs> it's not, you know, Dark Souls hard. But as a platformer, like the extra stuff that you have access to, which, by the way, the creators gave you a bunch of extra content for free which makes the game even more more insane and like I've watched people play through some of the 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 added DLC stuff that's on there and I'm like I 
would probably shit myself playing this. Like, I need about 10 more years of extra life so I could, you know, get back to my reflexes when I was a kid. So I might have the twitch strength to be able to fucking do this. Because, like, I get hit by a, I get hit by any of the monsters and I was like, Ugh! I recoil in real life if, like fucking Simon Belmont. It's not good. If you like Hollow Knight, if you are, if you enjoy Hollow Knight, Metroid Dread oh, well. is your shit. Like, hands down. If you have never played a Metroid game and you like Hollow Knight, Metroid Dread is your game. I'm telling you right now, Metroid Dread is your game. The only thing, the only, the only reason I can see Metroid being like inaccessible per se, dude, there's way too many fucking buttons, way too many fucking buttons. (laughs) Like I'm just like, I'm, I'm playing through it. Like, holy fuck. I got to hit this button. I can never remember which button to fuck. This is a me problem. This isn't a game problem. This is a me problem. I, I can't remember which button to fucking push at what time and how to do some of the certain things. There's certain things you have to practice to get better at in the game. But overall, this game is a fucking 10 out of 10. This is not a casual game. Like this isn't, this isn't fucking Mario brothers. You're not going to load this game up and be like, let me spend a couple hours and get through this like little section. No, this is not a casual game. You cannot go into it with a casual mindset. Period. It is not for you. <laughs> that's I mean, that that's really what it is. It's not it's not a hardcore gamer thing, but it's not a casual game. You actually have to try. And this is this is kind of where I was going with the controller thing. So I noticed this game is so unforgiving, so incredibly. It doesn't matter how fast you move. There are boss fights that like this is why I'm having trouble with the final boss because the inputs have to be perfect. Like you either have to play wired or you have to use the controllers on the, like physically on the switch and play handheld to get the input at the right time. The Bluetooth is like a half second too slow and will get you killed instantly. Like that's how unforgiving this game is. We're talking about Metroid dread. Like there are fights where if the input is not perfect, you will die, like instantly die because you you can't move quick enough in the game. It's Jesus. it's like um, it's like a combination of fucking um, what the fuck's that game? That bullet shooter. Fuck. It was Xbox exclusive, then it came to. The switch. Are you talking about Shahima-sama? No, it's that weird, like '80s cartoony-looking one. Fuck the name of it. Oh, you're th- you're talking. To- Wait, are you talking about fucking Cuphead? Cuphead, yes, yeah. It has moments. Forget Cuphead. I have no idea. <laughs> it has moments. <laughs> it has moments of Cuphead though, where like there's a lot going on on the screen where you have to dodge a lot of things and you have to get rid of certain things, and you have to you have to move around like. There's just so much going on. And if you're not quick enough, you will die. Like that's just like, it's got cuphead feels to it as, and like hardcore, like Metroid boss feels to it. It is so incredibly intense sometimes. In fact, my kid was watching me and he was just like, I'm scared. I'm scared. And I was like, scared of what? (laughs) Like, are you kidding me? Like if you aren't the parkour robots, if you are, anywhere not paying attention 
and that thing gets on top of you and you don't have your inputs on key, you are getting caught flat out game over. Start from the checkpoint. Like that's how intense some of this just running from the Emmys goes. That that's the one thing that was very interesting to me as I watched um, some playthroughs and some boss rushes for it. It's just the game borrows heavily from the um, from Metroid Fusions, like uh, playing up playing up your paranoia. But like when you run into a lot of the 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 immutable force characters that they have in the game, like in the original Fusion, you had the SAX parasites which have basically are copies of you, you at full power and you can't defeat them there's they they are they're invulnerable characters that you are unable to defeat but there's no nothing that prevents you from not being able to run away from them or to avoid them in this like one hit like one hit from if you get caught and don't break out with a with a quick time event and dread you're just fucking dead dude like, the quick time no, event is no, impossible to there's time. no forgiveness here yeah no that quick time event is impossible to, to nail it's impossible like i've seen people do it i've tried it I, like what i'm saying your inputs have to be on point your inputs need to be on point or you need to avoid the situation altogether <laughs> that's insanity dude <laughs> They don't make it. They don't make it easy, man. It's it's I mean, they tell you to run from them. The fucking computer the entire time says do not engage them. So what do you need to do? Do not engage them, period. <laughs> and hey, like if, if it's warning you to do it, it, like if people want to play brave and they find out the hard way, sometimes you have to learn the hard way before you are able to you know make those kind of connections. Oh, dude, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna lie. Like there's boss fights where I had to do them five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times before I finally got the fight down. There's there's Jesus. rooms where the Emmys have um, like freeze powers. It's so, like if they see you, they'll freeze you and then they'll come running at you. Or there's another one that can see through walls and hit you with like a stun through the wall. You have to know and you have to pay attention to your mini map as well as enemies in the in the area. And, you know, you have to know when to cloak because if you cloak too long, it drains your health and will kill you. Like it's there's just so much going on in the game that like you have to pay attention. Like like I'm saying, like it's not a casual game. This isn't something where you load in. You're like, oh, it's going to be some fun. No, this is for that that player that wants that challenge. It is hands down a fun game, but not a casual game. There is no need for an easy mode in this game. None. Yeah. <laughs> if, 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 there needs to be like, you know, I hate to use the old tired trope of get good, but like there needs to be a specific caliber of player slash journalist who handled this kind of stuff there's here's think, here's the problem i think it's the responsibility of the fucking company of the company itself like the editor-in-chief or whoever's in charge of that shit and be like all right i you know i have people with specific expertise like that's where we're at now in gaming like you need to have people with specific expertises in genres of gaming so if you have somebody who is going into that game who is an expert in that kind of game like hollow knight or any of the other metroidvanias and maybe they're having trouble with it then at least I could give them credit and be like, okay, this is someone who plays that kind of game and is having trouble. But it also would give it, you know, give the game a lure because then you could people they could be like, look, this game is harder. You need to you need to have your shit together and know what you're getting into when you get into this. Instead of these fucking 
overprivileged fucking, you know, trust fund kids who have no interest in actually playing through a fucking game or figuring out the controls or doing anything involving the world that's being presented to them because all they want to do is strap into a goddamn safety seat and be drifted around like you're in fucking Epcot. Yep. That's not how this fucking <laughs> works. If you want to do that kind of shit, play games that play like that. But Quit here's the other thing to shoehorn in your bullshit into the games that already exist that have things that have mechanics that you just don't feel like fucking learning. But here's the other thing too. You have to know your style game. Not every game is going to be for every person. Like, that's why I love when people ask me, like, what game they should pick up. And the first thing I fucking tell them, this goes with recommending books to people. The same kind of thing. Or recommending what kind of army to play or what kind of deck to play for MTG. Or, you know, um, like any type of recommendation type thing. If the person you are asking asks you, what games have you played? What game, What's your favorite games? And you tell them, and they tell you a game that is not that you don't think that you're like that you're you've written off. Listen to them. Probably pick that up. Like ninety percent of the time, I'm usually right on this. Like my one buddy who picked up his Switch, he's like, "Well, what games am I gonna like?" And I was like, well, "What kind of games you like?" And he he told me, and I was like, "All right, go pick up you know pick up Diablo three as you're like your first game. You're really gonna like Doom." Um, you know, like I recommend games that like I've played, even though like I haven't liked them. Like it's not, it might not be my style, my style game. Like I won't recommend him a JRPG because I know he's not going to like that type of shit. He's not a final fantasy player. He's more of a, a, a shooter type player. I mean, there aren't many shooting games on the switch, but I can find something that he will enjoy that he might like. Same thing goes for any other right. style game. Like if you come to me and you tell me that you've only played JRPGs, I'm not recommending Metroid Dread to you. Like, cause that's not your style game. It's not a JRPG. But if you come to me and say, I've played Castlevania, I've played like stuff like that. I might go, Hey, check out Metroid Dread. It's a little bit harder. You know what I'm saying? Or, or do it, do it this way. Do like, all right, well here, here's a way to ease yourself into it. Like there's a Castlevania collection that's relatively cheap. Go buy that. Uh, Hollow Knight's a good game to jump in with both right. speed if you want to play that game. You know, that's got variable difficulty, so you'll be able to get in. They're still got good collectibles. It's a bit Twitch reflex, but it's not too it's not too ridiculous. Like, I, I played through a couple of boss fights, and I didn't feel like I couldn't learn the mechanics as I was going along. And even with the new items and, like, the new badges and shit that you get in the game, I still felt like I was able to keep on there. The extra stuff like the trial of the gods and like the, you know the 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 castle of the of the white king and that kind of stuff, I might not go for that stuff directly. I might give it a shot just to see how it feels once I get the appropriate equipment. I'm not if if I lose, I'm not going to feel you know completely defeated because it'll be like I tried and I kind of walk I can walk away from that. Having accessibility, dread for me feels like it's definitely an intermediate to an advanced metroidvania enjoyer game i loved yes. watching the playthroughs because it very much added to the uh, the storyline for fusion because this the x parasite is still hanging around and a lot of the stuff that's happening with uh with that is continuing from the game that i had already played i don't like the way i don't like the 3d because metroid to me is like i i call me a purist if you want i don't give a shit sprite work to me is what sells a game and when you do 3D gaming like that, that's also the reason why I never finished Samus Returns. It's just like, this just feels so 
generic in 3D. Like with the Prime games, they were going for a first-person shooter motif with right. Samus. So that makes sense. When you're doing a 2D game like that and you up it to another another graphical type. The 2.5D. polygons to it. It's just like I'm I'm invested because of the story, but like the graphics and everything are, are not what I like. It's like when I played through the Fire Emblem games on the 3DS, but I wasn't happy with them because sprite work good sprite work is something to be appreciated it's like art so when you're when you're upping it to a 3d especially because the uh a fire emblem awakening they had the problem with uh you know no feet <laughs> it's just like it kind of takes the wind out of yourselves to be able to enjoy the game because it's just like everything's cut scenes so it's not like there's any verbalization and it's just kind of portrait work yeah but like you had that in the original game but like good sprite work is something to be appreciated i don't know like i said and that's just me, and not everybody has that feeling about it. I like I said, I didn't stop me from enjoying Awakening and Fates because those games were amazing. It's just I have an aesthetic that I enjoy because that's just the area uh, era I came from where sprite work is something that you you actually enjoyed because hell, we were Nintendo kids. I didn't see. I didn't have a problem with the way Dread was done because um, it gave a fresh look. It just it looked cool to me. And like that, I was like, holy fuck. I'm like, this is an upgraded game. Like, that's how sure. I felt about it. So I was like, I like I immediately got the sense of I can't fuck around with this game. Like, I already had it in my head that like this, this is going to be a whole nother level than what I've ever been used to playing. Right. So I already like had it in my head. So like after the first couple times I died, I was like, all right, I got you. I got you. <laughs> and then I got that mindset of get good, kid. Like, <laughs> like you can't just. Like you're not gonna go anywhere if you if you don't uh, if you're not paying attention, you don't put the time in, and like that's literally how it went for me. So yeah, and and I have no problem with that. Like I said, the people who liked it absolutely fucking loved it, and to them, you know, good on them. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a it's a very good game. So I don't like like I said the the people who are like. This game needs to be more accessible. It's it's not it's not easy enough. It needs an easy mode. Like go fuck yourself. It does not need it, this game's not for you. Like that's what it comes down to. If you complain about there needing to be an easy mode, it's not for you. Period. Now games like God of War where you can go into like a nightmare hellish mode or go to just the story just cuz you want the story, cool. That's awesome. It's it's based around the story. It's not based around the difficulty of the game. Unlike Dark Souls, Dark Souls is based around the difficulty of the fucking game. <laughs> like, I couldn't tell you shit about that game other than it's fucking hard and I hate the fucking game. But it's not my style game, so I'm not going to go buy, like, Niho and Niho 2 because that's not, my game. that's not my game. I'm not there to get my ass kicked every single fight. You know what I'm saying? So... Yeah, it, it, you definitely one of the major things is what okay. Here's the two sets of suggestions we have for people, just kind of as a summary. One, know the genre and know your comfort level with playing. If you're going in and you know you're going to be playing, uh, if you're first of all, if you're picking up a system and you're playing casually, you know, kind of a you know, you should probably be better investing your money. Again, I don't care if you spend your money how you want, but. When I think of casual players, I think more to the mobile gaming scene where it's a bit easier to pick up and put down. The accessibility for that is so much more um, open-ended than it would be for buying a console because there's a certain level of devotion 
you, you a commitment you have to have to a console when it comes to that kind of stuff where it's not nearly as much pick up and put down because if you you're buying things whereas like with mobile gaming you just download the app and usually most of them are ftp anyways so just play the fucking game if you hit a paywall you can delete the game and move on if See, you're, if you're gonna... going into something with with a console that then it's a bit more there's a bit more to it i'm going to disagree with you because oh nice yeah no i'm gonna disagree with you because i'm i consider myself a casual gamer i don't have time to devote to games like like unlike okay i had time to devote to god of war because i was injured right so i blew through god of war because i was on injury and i had time to play it but i if i don't have time to play it i'm playing on the weekend whatever but for a casual gamer i would recommend a switch because I can, I play my switch all the time and I, I mostly play it for Pokemon. Now I play it for Diablo, Pokemon, Diablo. Those are casual games. Like you don't have to be good at them. Like you can figure them out as you go. Right. Um, animal crossing as I, as much as like, I would hate to recommend to somebody animal crossing. There's people I will recommend animal crossing to because they're looking for that casual laid back style game. If you want something more intense, you know what I'm recommending you? Stardew Valley. Yeah, definitely. So and even that's still technically laid back because you don't have to really interact with the parts that are that are more intense. You can still right. be laid back. Like the, you are in control of your training wheels with that game. Exactly. But that's where I have to say, like, you don't have to be a mobile gamer to be casual. You just have to know what you're playing, how often you have to, how much time you have to devote to playing. You have to know the type of gamer you are. And it sounds weird because like everybody's a gamer. You just have to figure out what you're into. And sometimes that takes time. Sometimes you'll pick up a game and it's, it's not for you. Okay. You can pick it up. I would recommend borrowing games from people as talking to people that play a lot of games, like play a ton of games. Talk to um, like, go, go watch a YouTube video of a playthrough if you need to. Go fucking, um, I don't recommend going to any reviewer <laughs> at all because <laughs> I don't know what the fuck they're talking about half the time. But like, talk to somebody, um, ask people. I'll, I'm going to disagree with you on that part. That's my pushback there. All right. If you, and I've said this before, I think I said this towards the beginning of our pod, when, when, we, when we first started the podcast. It's like, if you have, if you find somebody who is relatively consistent relatively even and even keeled with their reviews of things. They're much more methodical with the way that they go into a review of a game and they give an honest opinion that doesn't feel like it's being driven by a higher authority. You can rely on reviewing, but you need to remain skeptical at all times when it comes to that kind of stuff. Cause there's always an opportunity that you might be being pandered to for a buck. And stay away from the corporate point, corporate reviews. I'll say that. Stay away from the corporate reviews. Pay attention to these small time reviews. Yeah, because like I've followed Dreamcast guy for a long time, and I trust his reviews. Uh, I got a guy named Louise whose uh, channel I watch. He's a small time reviewer, and his reviews I've always trusted with that kind of stuff because they don't they're not backed by a company, so I know I can go into them on, w- with understanding that what they're telling me is their God's honest review on things. Even our, even our buddy, Tony TGD, like when he was doing, when he had his own website and he was doing reviews for stuff, I could trust his reviews because he was methodical about the way he was doing things. 
he had a he had a technique that he was using that worked, and he made sure that he went through mo all levels of the game. In fact, when he, at one point he was, um, he he had a, a reviewer that was working for him that he got on because he wasn't working to his his specific standards, and I found that refreshing. I mean, it sucks for the person, but like, right. I found it refreshing because it gave, <laughs> it gives you a, a, a sense of like, no, no, we, we need to be better. Right. The, when you have smaller people like that, who are making the effort, that's to me endearing that, that signifies that as corporate as games journalism has gotten and, you know, everyone has their opinions on that kind of stuff, but it is overall a more corporate experience. If you don't feel that way, Please watch the game awards and believe everything that they tell you. Right. <laughs> That's my response to that. I mean, like I said, like there are people that love Dark Souls, right? Or we're going to keep going back to the Dark Souls thing. I can't. How many times have I shit on Dark Souls in our podcast? Because I fucking hate um, that game. But I'm not going to tell you it in our first episode, but I'm not going to tell you it's a bad game, right? I just say I fucking hate that game. <laughs> Like, it's not my game, right? I'm just like, I, I'm not saying it's a bad game. I'm just saying I fucking hate it. I'm not going to give you a review on it because I don't like it. I'm already biased towards it, right? But like Metroid Dread, like Metroid Dread, even our Bravery Default, um, the review we did for that one, or even the fucking Paw Patrol one, I actually sat through and played the game for Paw Patrol to tell you that this game a four-year-old can play and is enjoyable and fun. And you know what I'm saying? Like I actually sat down and fucking played the game, right? I didn't have a bias towards it. So I could tell you, and I watched my kid play it and I, I watched him do it. And I gave a review from a four-year-old playing it. Right. So yeah, it's like, like look, I'm not going to, if I'm going to do a review personally, if I'm going to do a review, I'm going to give you the best review I can. If I'm already biased towards the game, I'm not doing the review. I have no reason to do the review. I'm not going to give you a shit review because I already do not like the game. You know what I'm saying? Right. So. And that's one of the things that's always been very refreshing to me. And like, even when like a, even when a reviewer goes into something obtuse, like they pick a game that's completely ridiculous to play at, at the age level that they're at they are very meticulous about it. Like Austin Hargrave, uh, peanut butter gamer. Like he'll go and do like bargain bin jank shit from the, you know, PC games. And he still gives it the due diligence. And that's to me, admirable. Same as space hamster. Like Jeff does a lot of, a lot of weird reviews of two stuff. I absolutely enjoy what he puts out because it's always something that he's I know he's going to be straightforward about it with that with regards to that kind of stuff but that's that should be the consistent across the board you can't expect that from like IGN or Machinima or any of the groups like that who do that kind of stuff I mean Machinima less I don't think they exist anymore um but like IGN still is around like what the more corporate someone is or the more corporate back someone is it's very difficult to take what they say seriously in that regard but another thing that another aspect of just understanding what you want out of gaming as a whole is experimentation. And that's something right. you kind of talked about before. You kind of have to figure out what you like, especially if you are new, new to gaming. Like you're like, I just want to try gaming for the first time. 
Like maybe you are a young adult who just decided one day you wanted to pick up a game system and try and play some games because you had some free time after work. You wanted to do something fine. You're going to have to figure out what you like. There are tons of reviews of system that'll give you a general, uh, like a general cross cut of, or cross section of what games a system has kind of go with that kind of stuff. Worse comes to worse. Like what you were saying, Jason, borrow a game from a friend and just kind of touch and feel around until you figure out what you like. Experimentation is a hundred percent is, is, is a 90, 10 split of experience and willingness to put forth, you know, asset risk to get what you get the results you want. So yep. th that, that's, it's two parts. It's, you know, know what you want to get out of it and be, be open to experiment to figure out what you're comfortable with. Yeah, and that exactly. goes, and that even goes <laughs> with like accessibility and games in general, because like, if you need to figure out what's going to be a comfortable system for you, if you are differently abled, that is something you definitely have to look into too. What a system has access to as far as handicapped features. Maybe a system will have different audio features for people who are visually impaired. Maybe there will be um, different, like the, maybe they'll have uh, the joy. Like I think there was a, a controller that you could get that actually gives greater, a greater vibration feedback when you're playing games. Like they'll translate sound into vibrations. For people who are auditory, who are hearing impaired, yeah, but that's accessibility. That's fucking amazing. Yeah, that's, that's fucking that's amazing. But that's true accessibility. The colorblind features, like that stuff, that's accessibility. Being oh, too yeah, hard that one's it, even more fucking cool. Being too hard or too easy is not an accessibility thing. It's just not. Yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. Yes and no. If someone has learning issues. Difficulty is a thing that definitely factors in. However, to a point, and at that point, there are other games that that person can play that might give them a similar similar play experience, but at a lower difficulty. So yes, that does have to do with accessibility, but the way it ties into it is very gray because you could make that you could make that argument easily to be able to basically homogenize all of gaming into there should always be easy, you know, difficulty sliders for all games. And I won't agree to that, but I will agree to a specific level of control over the situation. If somebody is differently, differently able mentally, like they have learning issues or, you know, they have, uh, you know, traumatic or, you know, non-traumatic yeah, brain injuries, but... stuff that would impair them but they still want to play the game. I think that that's where I Sorry. think you kind of <laughs> have to, that's where I think you kind of have to avoid the marketing of a game and go by your comfort zone again, though, because Metroid Agreed. dread has phenomenal marketing, right? And the game looks I mean, good. If, if... A ton of people have played it. It has sold really well. If you want to play the game, cause you want to play the game don't go out and buy it. Just try it from somebody who already has it at this point, in my opinion, but it's, I wouldn't go into it expecting to be good at it. Like, especially like if you know that you have trouble with certain things, I'm not saying avoid the games, but you should definitely be 
leaning more towards games that you can play. You know what I'm saying? Lean more into your comfort zone than to try to get out of your comfort zone. Completely agree. I don't. I mean, it's not. It's, I'm not trying to put anybody down. I'm not trying to say don't play these games, but I I don't think you can be frustrated if you've stepped out of your comfort zone and it is outside your comfort, outside of your wheelhouse in general. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I, I, I completely agree with you on that. That one that we that we have, we have come to terms. I agree. Yeah, but like I don't know. I, it feels weird because I'm not saying like. I'm not saying they can't play it, right? And I'm not saying you can't be frustrated by it. But if it's not something that you normally play and you are stepping out because you got pulled by the marketing, I, I can't say you can be mad about that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't, I can't agree with you. Right. So. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, what we, what we said makes sense with, with regards to accessibility and comfort level when it comes to gaming. Yeah. Do not do do not attempt to modify games so that they become, you know, a gen pop game situation where no game has any unique value to it because you've eliminated a, a certain majority of the difficulty. Now that doesn't, to my, like I said, to me, having having additional difficulties in other games like Mega Man has Mega Man at some point had difficulty settings. Oh yeah. There are difficulty settings in a bunch of different games, and that's perfectly fine for those particular games that want to have it. But you shouldn't give shit to a, a publisher who does not have it. If their intent is to make a game of a specific difficulty, and that's the way they want to make it, that's their choice. And it's right. your choice to play that game. If it's attached to an IP that you enjoy, well, don't play the game. If it becomes the problem where you think it's too difficult and you can't handle it, Guess what? Guess what? The internet exists, and there are full playthroughs of games, usually a few days to a week after a game launches. I imagine you could watch someone play the fucking game if it bothers you that much to have to deal with that level of difficulty. There are so many different ways to get around this if you're only willing to brainstorm it. Now, if you're a journalist, and you said this before, if you're a fucking journalist and it's your job to play video games, fucking get good. <laughs> Yeah. You're getting paid to yeah. do that shit. Fuck you. Yeah. Don't bitch because don't bitch because no one put no because because you want daddy to put your fucking training wheels back on. That's not how this fucking works. Yeah, you're but getting, it's most of that though I think goes by clicks. Kind of shit? No. The most of that goes by clicks cuz now you're now you're just drumming up controversy to get those clicks. And that, and that's what it comes well, down to. Well, that's a different can of worms altogether. And I'm sure Tony would bitch at us for making the statement cuz I think he ended up talking about this too. Yeah, I listened to his video to, and he's like it's not he goes they're paid to to write the article they're not paid to play the game so well then yeah you, he, then he agreed with some of the stuff want. he agreed with some of the stuff we said but not everything um well then well then because they're, they're not making hundred thousand they're not making hundred thousand dollar salaries is what i'm saying they're not getting like well that's fair yeah but they are getting paid to do something and, and right. i agree at the end of the day but but then do what do what most kids who don't feel like doing a book report do. Get the fucking Cliff's notes. Go on YouTube, watch a playthrough, and just do that. There. If you're just writing the goddamn article, just do that. And then just press the buttons and occasionally learn the mechanics or you know, watch somebody else do it. Because yeah. then at the end of the day, I mean you had no hand in it and you can complain about the difficulty or whatever, or you know All I'm saying is again, that like again, as I got to the final boss, I it took me three days. Legit three days 
to get to the final boss in Metroid Dread. I didn't find it. I didn't find every secret. I didn't find every power up. But by the time I got to that final boss, there was already a full hardcore speed run of Metroid Dread out on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> So I was like, all right, technology, (laughs) technology and gaming. Those are the things that keep rolling forward. You, you play at your own speed, but they play faster. Yeah, no, for real though. So it's like, there's no excuse at this point. There really isn't. And like I said, if you want to, if you want to figure out if the game's good for you, go watch somebody play it. Even if you watch a streamer play Metroid dread, you will see how incredibly hard some of these fights are. They're not, they're not like, (laughs) they're not fun. Sometimes, sometimes you're like, fuck, I want to throw my controller through the TV. And then you just got to walk away from it (laughs) and come back to it. Like some of these fights are not friendly. (laughs) Like they're just not. (laughs) Nope. So it is what it is, dude. It's a good game though. (laughs) Highly recommend it. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Can't say that enough anyway. All right. Where do we want to go to next? You want to talk about bebop? Yeah, let's get this. Let's get let's get this out of the fucking way because you and I have two I think, very different viewpoints on this, which is even better. Because I think, um, yeah, the last couple are just kind of like breeze through kind of topics. They're not. Oh, I got an extra one uh, that I just thought of that I want to throw in as well after this. But let's get sure. Bebop by the way, and then we can I can I can bitch and complain about the next thing. Sure. So the Bebop teaser pop teaser trailer thing popped up on the YouTube. Um, I'm not underwhelmed. I feel like the aesthetics are, and I'm trying to be even handed before I get into the bitching part because I'm gonna. Um, so I want to, I want to put everything out on the table before I genuinely start ripping into this specifically for the different aspects, the different aspects that are, incompatible with the with the franchise as a whole right my first thing is going to be this every time you live adapt a fucking series it never (laughs) is going to be as good as the as the animated version that's just an expectation you should have everything should be viewed within the same within its own lens as best as you can Obviously, there's their, their creative liberties are going to be a problem, especially when you're using a well-loved franchise like Cowboy Bebop or Death Note or any Avatar. of the other shit that's been live adapted recently. With Avatar, regards Dragon to this, Ball Z. <laughs> well, that that movie doesn't exist as far as as far as fans are concerned. That 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 movie never came out. Anyway, um. <laughs> um the, aesthetic, the, the colors were great. The overall aesthetic seemed on point. Like, I didn't feel like anything wasn't Cowboy Bebop-esque within, it, within its presentation as far as, like, the background. And this is just a teaser trailer, so obviously this isn't going to be the full uh, ensemble, but... To me, it seemed like they were going in the right direction with everything. The one thing that I feel like they didn't really play up as well as they should was the more dystopian futuristic aspect of it. It felt very like it could, you could have this could have been a this could have been a fucking uh, a, a true crime thing out of out of out of today, like the the 
the hardware seemed le- except for like when the times that they're on the ship and like the end where they showed spike and uh phase ships on there like everything else could have just been a back alley somewhere there wasn't anything too futuristic and maybe that's just me that's maybe kind I of just didn't but that's it. kind of how the it was very like even the anime was kind of like that. It was very like Western meets cyberpunk meets like normal life kind of shit. It wasn't uh, there wasn't a whole lot going on. Like there was background shit that you might notice. Like it might look like fucking uh, Japanese like markets, like old Japanese markets with like freaking neon lights. Like that's the only like that's the kind of like sci fi you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they also they also have the the oh god I don't know what the fucking devices were called the 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 uh, the light speed uh, portals that they had that they used to travel across the galaxy yeah like they didn't really well they're not going to show that obviously in in a in a goddamn teaser trailer but like it felt more modern spaghetti western than it did you know cyberpunk you know hybrid right right and like even like the weapons that they're using it's just they're just regular guns guns right. which is is actually conducive to cowboy bebop because like they they all had regular weaponry there was no like laser pistols or anything they were over exaggerated they were over exaggerated weapons they didn't actually they they looked like real guns but they were like how do i put this it was like like spike had like oversized not like not really too oversized but like some oversized longer barreled pistols like you would normally see in like a vash the stampede style kind of like pistol right and 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 that's perfectly reasonable yeah those are those are the interesting aspects and the 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 more nebulous aspects of the trade of the teaser trailer i'm gonna get to the stuff that really just fucking aggravates me okay um I thought, well, okay, one more thing. I thought Jet Black was fine. Um, I would have preferred I know Jet, a raspier voice. People are going to about Jet Black not being <laughs> white. I don't give a fuck about, no. about the color of but Jet he, Black. He, he, oh, my God. Right. <laughs> he was, he I, wasn't you, you white. I'm probably going to be the same here on this one. <laughs> he wasn't white in the original show. He wasn't. He wasn't, but he wasn't black either. Uh, I would have preferred a raspier voice. That's the only thing I have to say about Jet. Other than that, from what I've seen in the teaser trailer, it's going to look he's going to be fine. Yeah, he looks perfectly fine. And the and the attitude is perfectly on point for what the original character was. I am perfectly fine with it. Now we get into the negative aspects, which would be Spike and Faye. The care, the person who's playing Spike is 50 fucking years old. I like Spike, Spike though. Spike Spiegel is only 30. 20 fucking years, friend. I but I like the way he looked in the trailer. I don't. It's over exaggerated. They tried to make him look like the character. Mm -hmm. His hair is over poofy. His his uh, his clothing looks like a costume instead of an actual like 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 clothing like he would normally wear. Okay, so here's I think where we agree. The opposite problem I have with Faye. Faye's clothing looks relatively normal, but it's not supposed to be. She's supposed to look over seductive because that's her angle. She's playing the seductress so she can get what she wants. She's not, she's never going to pay off the bit at any, any given point. Her job is to bait people into doing shit so she can scam them out of money or what she needs to survive. This one doesn't look that way. He just looks like some, you know, 
person off the street. So there's nothing that makes her pop. Spike has the opposite problem where he's over-exaggerated. So, like, even his hair is over-poofy. Like, you didn't have to make... he. It looks like he's wearing a fucking wig. He doesn't look like he has real hair. <laughs> so, okay. It, so, Spike and Jet together from that teaser trailer, actually the whole teaser trailer in general, gives me 1980s Batman. That over-the-top, overacted, cartoony vibe i don't think that's a credit no well you know i didn't i didn't specifically like tim burton's batman i thought it was fucking ridiculous upon upon no we're not talking about tim burton we're talking about adam west we're talking about adam west that dude that's not 1980s i mean that that mean for us it's syndicated so technically it's 1980s but that fucking show came out in the 70s okay well anyway adam west batman it gives me adam west batman vibes right Ooh, that that I don't. Ooh, that makes it even weirder for me then. Well, it's not bad, but no. it's campy, and I don't like campy. Right, but that's Especially how. Because, but that's how they. That's how they're making Spike feel. Like he feels yeah. very Adam Westy Batman. Him and Spike have this like dynamic in the trailer that gives me this very ninth that very Adam West Batman feel. Faye, on the other hand. I don't care what she's wearing. The actress playing it for some reason in that trailer does not gives me high hopes for the Faye character. The way she's acting it out makes me feel like she cannot act at all. And that's probably, that's not the case because she's obviously got a job in Hollywood, right? So she can act somewhere, but she's not acting the character appropriately in my opinion. Agreed. And that's, and that's where she's, like, she's, but, she's playing sassy when she doesn't need to. She's playing, she, she's overemphasizing this, you know, jaded, this, uh, you know, oh, I have to deal but with the dynamic, these, you know, meatheads. But you have to remember, you have to, well, she had that kind of attitude in the anime, but you have to remember how much Spike and Faye hated each other. They oh, did yeah. not like they, each they other. The only reason Faye was around was because of Jet. That was it. Faye and Spike hated each other and that you don't get that feeling in this trailer, which I'm hoping is not the case. I'm really hoping this turns out to be better than it really is. The guy who's playing, you'll watch it. You're going to end up being, you're probably going to end up being the Guinea pig on that one. The guy, the guy playing Spike, I don't care about his age. He looks like Spike. You're, you're right. He looks like he's cosplaying Spike. He looks like he's cosplaying Spike. The fight. He looks like a 50-year-old dude who went to a fucking anime convention, mm-hmm. got a fucking wig, got the fucking outfit, and he's just rolling with it. And, like, if that was the case, I would respect him for that just for just for being a cosplayer. But this is fucking supposed to be a Netflix special that's supposed to have a specific, you know, but that's why, it, and there's just nothing there. But that's why I feel like they're going for that very campy feel. Because Spike is the only one that's done up like that. It's not Jet. It's not Faye. Spike is the main character. Hands down the main character. That, that's how it's being portrayed, in my opinion. And they're overselling him like the Adam West Batman. That's what I think is happening. They're just trying to oversell the character. I think he'll be fine. He seems to be, like, acting-wise, he seems to get it. And the fight scenes, the fight scenes, like I said, feel like they're trying to portray the anime in the fight scenes, which gives it that Adam West fight scene feel. 
The only thing it's missing is the comic book pow bang shit in the background. But like I said, this is a teaser trailer. The one thing you have to understand about Spike is Spike is supposed to be a 50-50 split between a laid-back individual who's just kind of letting the world happen around him to, you know, those brief moments of seriousness vengeance. where his brief first, moments of vengeance. vengeance and his, his past <laughs> comes to fucking haunt him. Right. And, like, that's the dance that he does. And they played up the more serious aspect in the trailer which is just like okay, so when does he get to be? When does he get to be laid back and just like, hey, the world's entertaining and I'm doing this because it's fun. His eating ramen scene in the in the three minute trailer, where he but wants to eat but the he noodles. No, but he, when he's even when he's saying it, he's like, ramen first. It's like, no, that's not something that Spike would say, or at least not that way. Yeah. Like, eh, I'm gonna have ramen first. Like he's supposed to be more ambivalent. It's just like, eh, I'm gonna have ramen first before we get our get our bounty head. No, he's like ramen first. It's like. The fuck are you so serious about? Get the stick out of your ass. Mm. And then the vicious thing. The vicious thing just made me even angrier. Yeah, I did not like that. I will agree with that. I was expecting I was expecting um, to be more nebulous. I was expecting what's his name? The guy the the clown guy. That's who I was expecting. I was I was not expecting vicious in that trip. When he got to that part where they flashed to vicious, yeah, it that killed it for me. It's just, it just made my head hurt. Like, those are the aspects that just kind of, for me, it's just like, I don't need to watch this. And again, the people are going to end up coming out and people are going to like it. And people are going to hate it. And everyone's going to pick their own fucking side. But like, from what I see, will I watch the first episode or first couple episodes when it comes out? I don't know. I don't know where I'll be when it actually finally comes out. Do I have high hopes for it based on you know that the what the actress for playing Faye decided to you know put her foot in her fucking mouth <laughs> no it makes me think that this is going to be something that's going to be played to a specific audience that isn't the f- people who are interested in the fucking series it's going to create a weird kind of weird kind of cultural vacuum where there are going to be people who are going to be overcritical of the original cowboy bebop yep. because it's not a, not like the live action show it's not kowtowing to a specific demographic and let's not even talk about the fact that they aren't planning on revealing Ed until fucking later. And I have no fucking faith in what they're going to do with Ed. You know, somebody actually told me that Ed ruined the original Cowboy the Cowboy Bebop anime for them. And I literally looked at them and I said, hmm, I've never heard of anybody having a problem with Ed. In fact, it's usually the opposite. And everybody laughed at me. And I was like, I don't get it. Like, what is wrong with this guy? And then it hit me. It straight up hit me in the face. The guy has a problem with Ed being female, named Ed, acting like a boy. That's the that's the issue that that guy had with Ed in Cowboy Bebop. Out of all of Cowboy Bebop, Ed was his problem. I, One of the major headaches that people <laughs> had was the the Ed's Ed's sex was never something that was supposed to be front and center when they created the character. That, but that's why in they fact, had the one episode w- on Ed that explained it. And Faye was even shocked by it. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. And Faye was shocked when she found out. She was like, oh, really? <laughs> well, yeah, because she finally realized, oh, shit, it wasn't just, you know, three dudes and me. It was two girls and two boys. The fucking till was actually balanced. I love that. And I love yeah. that, that episode. 
because yeah. it actually explained, you know, a great deal about Ed's backstory and, you know, realizing her father's a fucking badass, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing is, like, Spike dropping into a fucking uh, karate stance and Ed's father just fucking taking him apart. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're talking about a guy who runs around with an, with with a with a cartographer assistant wandering around the earth while it's being perpetually pop, pockmarked by pieces of the moon falling on it changing the terrain all the time you think this guy doesn't know how to fucking throw down <laughs> it made it made the it made ed's character even more make even more sense because like like this is a self this is a self-reliant person who's kind of you know, got her head in the clouds but you know, you look at her father and look at how weird he is and like, no, no, there's a head in the clouds there, but their feet are firmly planted on terra firma when they're acting as weird as they are. They know exactly the angle they're going with. And this is absolutely a positive. Yep. And hell, they got eggs out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, got like I an just... entire fucking grocery bag full of eggs. Come on now. You can't even argue with that shit. But, that, but that's what I'm saying. Like there's, I hope they do it right. I just hope they do it right. Because that anime is what turned me, like, literally onto anime. Like, that was my first... That's what got me into the whole genre of that space cowboy. I would have never watched Vash the Stampede. I would have never watched Outlaw Star. I would have probably never watched G Gundam. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's, like... It was that sci-fi-esque genre that Cowboy Bebop pulled me into. And the soundtrack. The soundtrack is fucking phenomenal. I just hope they do it justice because I'm going to be very angry because every Cowboy Bebop fan has been talking for years who would play Spike Spiegel. And now we have an answer, and I don't think anybody's happy about it. And I, But I want to give it the benefit of the doubt. I want it to be good. I'm going to give it a couple episodes before I make my ultimate determination, but... Again, opening hand, as it stands, I'm very leery of where this is going. I did the same thing to WandaVision, I'm, and I still haven't caught up to WandaVision, but apparently it's been really good. <laughs> well, I, um, um, a person I follow on YouTube, uh, Mundane Matt, Matt Jarbo, he, he like, dude, why haven't you been watching any of the, 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 the Marvel shit? I'm like, because I was done after fucking Endgame. He's like, dude, <laughs> the Loki show... The fucking WandaVision, all that stuff. Those are all building to something amazing. You're going to watch them. I'm like, eh. Like, I looked at a, I watched a review of fucking Black Widow, and people were like, they could have done so much better with this, and this could have come out, you know, five years ago, five years earlier, and would have probably been better received. It's just like, yeah, between COVID and everything else, there was no way it was going to fucking happen. Right. And ScarJo didn't fucking agree to do it until after Endgame was already in, already in the works. So what the fuck do you want them to do? But, like, I'm not interested in even seeing Black Widow at this point, though it is on Disney Plus at this point. So if I want to watch it, I can probably is do it? so. Yeah, it's free now. Let me see. I might actually watch it. The only reason I didn't watch it is because... What? Well, that's news. Breaking news. <laughs> the... Um... They've up, they've increased the price of their yearly membership for Disney Plus from seventy to eighty dollars. I don't really give a fuck because a mine is daisy chained on top of uh, attached to my fucking Hulu account, so that's probably going to get going to go up in price. Whatever. 
Well, that's news to me to because it th th tells you how long it's been since I've logged into Disney Plus. What the fuck? Well, it's ten dollars, whatever. I I do watch my, it a lot though. I really do. My significant other oh, watch, uses there. Disney Plus more often than I do, so it's just like I don't really fucking care. For that's more for her than it is for me. That gives it gives her access to the library of movies that she loved as a kid. For me, it's just like. Uh, uh, oh, and we definitely are going to talk about one major thing when we get a chance to talk about this because we have to talk about it because it can't go on. It can't go unbidden. But oh. it's big, and I think we need to hold off on that. <laughs> so my next, you know, side rant that isn't part of our list because I now have two um, <laughs> is since we're talking about shows and Netflix. Um, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but I've seen The Closer, the Dave Chappelle special. I have not watched it yet. You should watch it. I'm going to. I just haven't done it yet. <laughs> for, that's fine. For context reasons and for um, greater understanding of Dave Chappelle as a person within the context of his comedy, comedy routine. The fact that he's getting so much fucking hate for this. He got so much hate for six, Sticks and Stones, too. And I don't fucking get it. Because he made, he made that, fun of trans people. I think McFarlane said it best. We are in a post-joke world. Jokes don't exist anymore. People take themselves too fucking seriously to appreciate jokes. No, 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 They're no, gone. No. They only care because of how popular he is. Like, they might actually genuinely be offended by his jokes. But think about it. Andrew Schultz is out there going out telling these jokes not a single bit of controversy around that guy's name, right? And Dave Chappelle, from my understanding, I, I mean, I watched a little bit that people got offended by. He didn't say anything that terrible. He really didn't. No. So it's they, like they tagged him. They tagged him on. They tagged him on two things. One, they said, "Oh, well, he's just playing up the I had a trans friend thing." I'm like, and you don't think that the I have a black friend trope wasn't just as over fucking used? Yeah. Like one of the major things that he brought up during his fucking uh, during his um, special was he's like, I got to give the trans community credit, the LGBTQ community credit. They managed to get done in decades what the black community couldn't get done in a hundred plus years. And that's fucking that's fucking telling because he's not wrong. No. No, they're still fucking years behind where they want to be as far as the African American community is concerned. And the LGBT community has gotten fucking better, has gotten greater strides than they ever fucking could have possibly imagined. So, like, and and yes, the I have a trans friend thing is overplay, is, a, is a, you know, we'll, we'll call it the I have an ex-friend trope. Because that's what it ends up breaking down. It's like, well, I have a gay friend. Oh, good for you. But in the, in the context of his stand-up special, he was talking about a person who he had very, genuine respect for mm -hmm. and... Anybody who knows about this, there's something called a comedian's comedian. It's like it's like the man's man trope. It's like a person who other comedians find absolutely fucking entertaining. Well, this trans person was bombing horribly during her during her comedy bit, and she took it all in fucking stride. Mm -hmm. And when Dave and his group of friends and her were talking. She fucking perked up and got really fucking funny. He's like the funniest woman, the funniest trans woman I've ever fucking talked to. And she's like, he's like, I wish she could have brought that energy to the to the stage, but I guess maybe it was just a, maybe it was an issue. So every time he would come into town, where she was in San Francisco, 
he would have her open for him, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And he would give her tips, and he would do everything for her at that point. Just so he, because he saw potential in her, and he saw her as a person, not as a collection of fucking labels. To her, to him, she was a up. She was a comedian who was getting her feet in the business. And when you have that kind of, when you have that kind of potential, you don't squander it. When you were a veteran, you cultivate it because eventually, you know, you'll have somebody who is going to to succeed you in one way or another. So, a bunch of shit came down because of Dave Chappelle says he's a turf. He's saying this out of jest because it was during his comedy bit. I don't know if he feels that way specifically about it. If you go back to Sticks and Stones, he has feelings about the trans community. He feels as though when it comes to the LGBT community, the T, as he calls them, doesn't seem to ever really work in work in group work in cohesion with the remainder of the group. I'm not going to confirm or deny this either way because, again, I'm not in that group to make that kind of statement. Right. But if, it, if you're doing observational comedy... Why wouldn't you make that statement? Because you, if you see all these, if all you have to do is watch the fucking news or go on Twitter, you know, the non-real life, you know, simulator, as he calls it, <laughs> Twitter ain't real life. It's not real life. If you spend your life on Twitter, you'll eventually lose your mind. I realize this. That's why I stepped the fuck away from it. I went from 2000 fucking followers down to like 1100 followers and I'm never looking fucking back. <laughs> it's just easier that way. My, my heart my heart will survive longer if I'm not fucking hooked into the giant global zeitgeist that is the Twitter Twitterverse. I don't want to have anything to fucking do with that greater thing. And there are a lot of people who are who are been friends of mine who ended up walking away from Twitter as well, who were working on similar podcasts. Like um, a well-read mage, one of his uh, guests, she stepped the fuck away from Twitter because she was done with it. And I don't blame her. Wherever you are, Blue Williams, I hope you're doing well. I hope everything's going well for you. Good on you for leave, getting the fuck out of Twitter because it's it's a fucking shit show. Social media in general is a fucking headache. So, you know, there were a lot of things. His, his opinions about the trans community have been very well documented, and he's been t- given shit for it all the time. Well, right. the, 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 girl that, the girl comedian who was working with him went to bat for him on Twitter, and she got fucking obliterated so bad for, for a good solid week and a half. And by the end of it, she took the long walk off the short pier. She fucking walked off a fucking building and killed herself because Jesus she. Jesus Christ. And the, and again, things are, things are nebulous. Dave wasn't sure if she did it because of the Twitter nonsense or because of another underlying problem. Could have been both. You right. never know. I don't make any assumptions. But like, to to go after somebody, who is actually a trans person who is telling them and going to bat for this person saying he is not a bad person. You are making a, you know, an unjust character assassination of a person and they take her apart. Like she's some uncle Tom scenario because of they, again, she's going against their tribe. She's going against her own tribe, but Dave Chappelle fights back and says, no, he wasn't part of your tribe. She was part of my tribe comedians. And that, yeah. to me, speaks a larger volume of how tribal we really are as humans in contrast to the things that we, uh, the uh, things we interact with around us. And I hate 
how visceral of a response people have to something that's out of their comfort zone. So fucking bad. These people never have had real friction in their fucking lives to the point where if if a comedian says something that you and I would fucking laugh at because we've been through the fucking ringer and we're aware (laughs) that life is an absurdity that you have to fucking laugh at because if you don't, you'll sit there and fucking scream at. These people have never experienced real trauma. I'm going to say that. Whatever trauma they've dreamed up in their heads is not anywhere near where they should be in contrast to be able to accept comedy for what it is. It is looking at the absurdity of human nature and just being able to laugh at it and realize that in the grand scheme of things, we are insignificant bugs on the fucking windshield of of reality. (laughs) And honestly, it makes me angry. Like, Fuming anger. I grew up with fucking comedians. My fucking teenage years were spent watching comedy, comedy central specials and going to an actual comedy club and watching comedians and talking to them in the fucking green room. So I have a very specific viewpoint on how this, how, how, you know, people digest comedians and their, and their shtick because it lets dude, and I'll throw it to you. Christopher Titus says it himself. This is my fucking therapy. I go on stage and I talk to you as if you're, my, I talk to you like I would talk to my psych, my psychologist. Yeah. But have you listened to his stuff lately? No, I haven't. I, mm. I haven't seen his, I haven't listened to his stuff since like 2013. Well, I saw him live after he did, um, Amerigeddon, right? Um, I think he was working on stuff for his special about parents or whatever. Um, about his parents. Um, he was hilarious, but then COVID happened. And if you watch his YouTube stuff and go down that rabbit hole, he, you can tell he's shifted in a direction. <laughs> so, but well, yeah, dude, no, I get Howard it. Stern decided Howard Stern, the free speech advocate decided that he that decided he didn't feel like doing that shit anymore because people aren't, some people decided because informed consent is still a fucking thing in our reality, even though people want to fucking ignore it, you know, the th- the thing that we fucking fought for to have in the Nuremberg trials, you're going to tell me that that doesn't exist. I'm fully fucking vaccinated, but I absolutely, I absolutely believe a person should make the decision with all of the information presented to them by a trusted physician, not by the fucking media, not by a goddamn schmo in the goddamn, in, in the goddamn white house cabinetry. I don't give a fuck. You're, doctor tells you what you need to do and you are bidden to make that decision. I'm sorry. There's no mandate. There's no, none of that shit. You have to come to that conclusion, lead a horse to water. You can't make him fucking drink. And if that ends up being the case, you don't get to fucking hamstring that person because they've made that decision. Yeah. I you mean, don't. I, yeah, I agree. It's just, um, he's gotten in trouble for saying shit too. Like he, that man, man, Howard Stern is another fucking mis- like not mistake, but he's another guy that's like always on some controversial shit, but that's, he built his whole brand on controversy. So of course, like he, he doesn't care. <laughs> that's, I mean, it gets him in the news. <laughs> like that's what he cares about. So Howard Stern, Stephen Colbert. Those are the people that literally the epitome of you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. These are people who towed the line 
They broke the mold on so many different occasions and they've become comfortable. Yep. They have walked away from the fear of living and they have become comfortable. Now, that's perfectly reasonable. If you want to settle down because you're older and you don't feel like doing the same sh- bullshit because it, you know, you, you're about for your health, fine. Right. Walk away. Don't put your two cents in anymore. Don't be a fucking, don't be a mouthpiece to something that you don't have a stake in anymore. Yeah, he's, he's and this been... <laughs> is coming from someone who's literally less than a year from 40. I'm going to tell you, if that feels like, if it feels that way to me where I have to do that kind of shit, I will absolutely walk away from it because I don't want to be somebody who is afraid to live, who's afraid to do dumb shit in their lives to learn from it because they feel like they've learned everything that they know everything. You'll never know everything. You nope. will live to your dying day not being able to know every fucking thing in this in this reality. The That's point, the joy the of po- living. The point of getting getting that point where you think you know everything is just literally complacency. You you got oh, comfortable. You got comfortable. That's what it comes down to. It's you got comfortable. And then once you become comfortable, like that's it. <laughs> you're like you're comfortable. And that's fine. And that is completely fine. And that's what, I, and that, and it's what people like to refer to as selling out. But honestly, selling out has negative connotations to it as if you're just kind of, you know, you sold your soul to the devil, so to speak. No, it's not nearly as fucking vile as that. It can be. It yeah. does happen. But in regards to like getting comfortable, dude, nobody can be at an 11 for their entire fucking lives. No. You eventually have to peter out. You'll, except for, except for the, uh, um, the mayor of Pahrump, he flared out like a neutron star. Good on him. Um, <laughs> they called him the Trump of Pahrump for a reason. Uh, dude literally won his election and died, died because of the celebra- during a celebration on the weekend. <laughs> Sorry, you don't, you, you get, when you live your dream to the, its fullest and you do it until you fucking explode. Fantastic. <laughs> live your live your paradigm is all I'm saying, but like when you when you try to be an authority on something, and you've and you've stepped out of stepped out of the the, the jungle as it were, or stepped out of the uh, the bloody pit that we all reside in, and you're making you know commentary and half informed statements on things that you no longer have have a, a hand in anymore that's one of i'm personally aggravated when people start saying shit they the fuck out of it like pat <laughs> oswald's done this shit too like his stand-up comedy is fucking amazing his personal ethics his personal takes on things extremely fucking ignorant <laughs> no really like if you look at if you look at the paradigms that have shifted, let's look at the way things shifted. And I know this has gone super fucking over political. And I know I'm going to fucking catch shit for this, <laughs> but like people make paradigm shifts. If you look at a lot of the people who were teenagers or young adults during the W Bush era, mm-hmm. the people who fought against the power stopped at some point, they got comfortable and I'm not sure why that happened or when it happened, but you should never get that comfortable, especially with regards to politics, because you're either part of the insanity or you're not. 
It's a fucking Wolverine pit that you get to dance around in. <laughs> All right, that's yeah. that's my diatribe on that. Now to go back to fucking gaming stuff related. The other major headache I had was this is something that happened a couple weeks ago, but again, we haven't recorded for almost a fucking month, so I'm going to say it. Um, they ended up banning Golos Tireless Pilgrim in Commander, the Commander yeah. Committee. Yep, he's yep. no longer he he's no longer allowed at all in Commander. Oh, you can't even put him in your deck? At all. And Why? this is where I have my problem. And this is what's going to end up being the catalyst for Wizards basically pulling off, the, you know, taking the committee apart. If you cannot make concessions about the decisions that you make, they've done it before they stopped doing it for some reason. They only, they went, they turned into a zero sum game and I don't know fucking why they did this. They made it so that originally when they ruled, when the rules committee ruled on something, if it was a creature, it was legendary. There were two tiers of, uh, of adjustment that they could make. They could ban it from being a commander, but it could still be played in the 99 okay. or it was a straight ban across the board. The reasoning they had for banning Golos was it was be a too homogenized of a commander. Cool, sweet. So you should allow it in the 99. Why mm -hmm. the fuck are you taking it completely off the table? It's only going to be playable in five color decks. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just let it be a fucking uh, a usable staple in commander as a 99 card? You have this feature and you're not fucking using it, and your reasoning for ba for banning it. It's because you didn't want it as a commander. Are you fucking kidding me? I have no stake in like value when it comes to these cards. I have stake in play value. And when you do dumb shit like this, you continuously make people confused and aggravated because they don't, you, you are not, you are making yourself obsolete with your decisions. Because let me put it to you this way. With regards to the rules committee and how things run with Commander, there is an evergreen rule in place called Rule Zero. Rule Zero states that as long as the group that you're playing with is okay with it, you can play whatever the fuck you want. So the only reason these bans exist is for official play. Yep. Either FNM official sanctioned play or Grand Prix or magic fest whatever the fuck they're calling it now he took a he took a seven things where there <laughs> things where there are official judges to officiate over the games right wizards could fucking do that without you you are completely irrelevant to this fucking paradigm now yeah why are you making these this why are you making such fucking terrible decisions i don't get it you you, you didn't ban you didn't pre-ban the fucking fault the walking dead shit that came out they, Wizard stated they never intended to re-release it, so that it was only coming out in that fucking format, which I had somebody I know make me fucking proxies of it. Fuck them. I'm not <laughs> I, wasn't spending, I wasn't spending 40 bucks on something that was never going to be reprinted again. I right. am more than comfortable getting proxies of it, because if somebody's going to bitch at me for not owning the original card, I'm just not going to play in that pod. Fuck them. It's, it's the same thing with uh, all the old legendaries that are too expensive. Fuck you. I want to play with this card. I'm playing the card. I don't give a shit about the value of the card. When I'm done playing it, I'm on my deathbed. I will spend the time and burn the cards for you if you want me to. 
They're not even, they don't even look like the original cards anyway, so what the fuck do you care? They're not affecting your evergreen price price covers. Right. Has is on tomorrow <laughs> will still be a $350 card at the end of the fucking day just because I own a version of Has is on tomorrow. Fuck there's off a, with your there's a, I want to find out who who does these, but on the back, <clears throat> so they have the they have a reprint of the card. You have an actual version of the card, right? And then on the back side of it it says uh ab- abolish the um the reserve list and it's a proxy. I want to know who makes those because they're like once they're sleeved, you can't fucking tell. And I'd rather do that, like knowing like it's a fucking proxy instead of having the back to them. And there's people I can that, give you a link. I'll give you the link to my guy if you want him. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> Cause I, I'll, I'll make a full you. I'll make a full goddamn proxy deck. I don't give a fuck at this point. <laughs> hey man, whatever's clever. You do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. From to me. Well, especially because if you ever want to play CEDH, their proxy rules are do whatever the fuck you want. They if you have a if you have a hundred percent proxy deck and see in com in uh competitive commander, they don't even give a shit. So if that's what you want to do, go go print no, out as many, you know, here's here's the key, here's the thing want. though. I have this demonic tutor, right? I want to play with this demonic tutor. This is a two hundred and seventy dollar card. <laughs> I'm not playing with this demonic tutor. <laughs> <laughs> like you know what i'm saying like i'm not putting it in a deck and shuffling it there's no way but i will get a proxy oh, no. and i will be like hey check this out i have the original i'm playing with the proxy that's it <laughs> but at the same time if i'm gonna do a proxy i want to do like a fancy ass proxy you know what i'm saying like because some fine. of them some of them are, look fucking badass like you're fucking alex jones <laughs> proxy ah uh, yes my gore my gore Muldrak. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, I love that. Uh, so. It's one of my one of my favorites. <laughs> one of your favorites? <laughs> yes, yes. No, it is. No, I know. I agree. Should be a favorite. So I don't know. It's like, um, I have no problem with proxies. I really don't. And at this point, it's fucking. Who's gonna Who's gonna fucking know? Especially like if only you're only playing on spell table. And no one runs official fucking CEDH to, or EDH events. And even if they do, most people are just going to fucking play. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to fucking enter to fucking tournaments. You know, fuck pro- it. Like I said, my problem is when you are the when you are the official word at the end of the day for a and again, I will con- I will concede EDH is originally a game created by technically the players it was created by some judges so technically because they're under the employee as a contractor for wizards wizards whatever we're not going to chicken and egg this bullshit it was a player created (laughs) game game format that got popular enough for wizards to notice and actually put out fucking products for it with regards to that i leave i i think wizards should have immediately grabbed hold of it Told the committee you can either work with us or you can, you know, we can, you know, we can quietly let you go while we do this because we're fine with taking it up. Because there are officiated games or there were officiated EDH tournaments and stuff at one point. There were events for it at the very least. So there was official stuff then. Obviously with COVID and stuff, I don't know if they're doing it now. I know FNM still technically do it. I know that there is... um, uh, an EDH night at uh, MinMax games uh, on Thursdays. So, 
Yeah, but, do even, but even if you do really EDH, like but even if you do EDH nights, like they're not fucking sanctioned goddamn events. You're not winning packs. You're just going there to play. <laughs> uh, yeah, you do win packs. Oh, okay. Well, that means there's oh. a buy-in then. But there's no like official DCI. Yeah. You're not winning DCI points. You're not going to pro tour with with EDH. You know what I mean? It's um okay. So it's different for each store. Technically, there is no official tournament mm-hmm. specifically. Um, one of the stores I went to when they were still doing events, um, they had she- they had official sheets that they handed off to the to the uh, to wizards when they're done uh, that have points that are counted up. But it's usually attached to your DCI number, which nobody has anymore. But there's accounts now that attach to it, which do the same thing. Yeah. Um, and they get put out, and they put out promo packs and. First, the person who wins gets first pick of the promo pack, second, third, and then you know whatever whoever's left gets the sloppy seconds if it's a four because it's usually a pot of four and there's usually four cards in the pack. So someone's going to end up getting the short end of the stick and end up with the with the uh, the code for arena. But there's three <laughs> other promo cards, including right. a rare or mythic, in to- on top of it. So there was that. Um, when I was going to the GOAT, the GOAT would do EDH nights. They were free, and they still gave out a pack at the end of the night. I don't know if it's sometimes the promo pack. Sometimes it was just a promo card. Uh, every once in a while, it was an actual like uh, pack of MTG, one of the standard sets. So every store is different with the price support that they have for their F&Ms. Which they're not doing F and M's anymore, anyways. It's now mid right. mid midweek magic or midday magic, whatever the fuck they call it, and it's basically all week now, rather than just doing it for Friday night. Which the, the reason it was called F and M is because most people, when they did magic stuff, they were playing it during playing On it Fridays. at the end of the week. Right. That was the point of it. But whatever, make it a make it homogenous. I don't give a shit. Make out make everyday magic day. I don't give a fuck. As long as people are enjoying themselves, that's all I give a shit about. But yeah. yeah, getting back to the main story, you are you're literally making yourself obsolete. And if that's what you're doing, if you're just committing, you know, magical Harry Carey, you do whatever the fuck you want with that. Eventually, eventually Wizards has to take the reins of this because you can't just allow a parallel system to you to exist to do the rules for a game that you are officially producing pr- product for. Right. It's just not necessary unless you're going to put those people on your bankroll, at which point then you still technically have control over the way the game plays and you have a creative say in how the game is being administered. Just my two cents on that. The Golos yeah. ban was bullshit. It just was fucking bullshit. And then they unbanned what, Worldfire? Yeah, that was fucking hysterical. Dude, everybody lost their minds. Worldfire shot up in price, and I'm like, does anybody actually want to play Worldfire? I don't. I don't understand. <laughs> I, I actually so. did. I bought it originally when it was like 79 cents because it was such an interesting flavor card, and then I realized it wasn't playable in EDH, and I'm like, well, I guess it's just gonna sit in my binder along with Iona Shield of Ameria, which is fucking banned in EDH, <laughs> and, and Hull Breacher, which is banned in EDH. Yeah, Hull it's like. Hull Breacher, a card that was created in Commander Legends, is fucking banned in EDH. <laughs> a card point, you created. You realize... Yeah. <laughs> it's a like, car... what's next? Are they going to ban Ragavan? Are they going to ban, like, 
an eighty dollars Ragman Man is sitting at like seventy five bucks right now. The regular version. I can't imagine Jesus. what the foil full art version is. Where did Rag? Oh, Ragavan's the monkey. Yeah, the one, the one red legendary monkey that lets you exile the top card of your opponent's library and pl- cast it. Damn, he's modern seventy three bucks. He's Holy yeah, he's shit. fucking expensive. He's super fucking powerful, especially in modern because he you he has a dash cost. And you can cast him, and he has haste. So you can, you can wait, wait, wait. You can get play, value out of it. That's not Modern Horizons, is it? Oh, it is Modern Horizons. Modern Holy MH2. shit! Nope. Oh yeah. It might be. I was lucky I pulled his ass because I was not paying his fucking tab. About to say it. It might be time to start buying those again just to get the ones I'm missing. You can fucking find them. None of the targets by me have them anymore. Have Maybe them. Walmart does. I still have them. I got plenty of them around me. I just don't have Pokemon anymore. Eh, small at small price to play. And now that I, now that you have a spell table set up, you can I can get you into like uh, Sage's uh, Discord or uh, I can get myself into um, Discord. <laughs> well, you or, or I or you can get into or you can get into Ash's Discord. I'm she, already in Ash's. <laughs> You're in Triple Mango Threats one. No, I'm in Ash's. No, no, no. Uh, different Ash. I'm talking about uh, a, a, an MTG creator I follow. Her name. Her name is Ash. Her her uh, her channel's called Triple Mango Threat. Oh no no no! I'm on uh, uh, Ashoes. Oh, uh, no idea. Oh, and I, and if and if you're the reason why I suddenly jumped up in followers on TikTok, fuck you. Why? I didn't say anything. All of a sudden, I have all these MTG content creators following me out of fucking nowhere. No, it's, it's either Mace. you or it's fucking fun time. It, no, it's Mace. Mace who? Valor. Mace Valor. He's the reason why I'm getting all these fucking followers out of nowhere. Yes. Fucker. <laughs> you were in a you were in a, a fucking thing to. Um, though, then it was Fun Time's fault because Fun Time's the one who fucking tagged me in it. God damn him! What do you mean he tagged <laughs> you in it? No, you're in the post. Like you, you the people voted for you to win. Um, a fucking thing. Who did you go against? He, the reason I'm in is because the original post he said, okay, the original post that uh, Fun Time added me at is the reason why there was a post afterwards with my name in it because Fun Time put my name in the running. Oh, yeah, you went against Dino Dez. I knew I wasn't going to win. It was funny anyways. Yeah, I voted for you. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know who this Dino Dez guy is. <laughs> I'm voting for, for who I know. <laughs> I don't know who any of these fucking people are, and they're following me out of nowhere. Yeah. It's not that I have a problem with it, but it's just like, it was such, it was sudden. It caught me off guard. I'm like, where the fuck are all these people coming from? And I mean, because it was literally originally, it was just Sage and Funtime who were following me, and they followed me because of you. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, fucking Funtime put me in a running for a car, for a pack of uh, um, Modern Masters, and all of a sudden, I got like ten more fucking people following me. I'm like, wow, okay. He put you, what yeah, he put you in, but he didn't put me in. Fucking jerk. <laughs> hey, he was doing me a solid because you you got to fucking interview him without me, asshole. <laughs> You got Thratosphere following you, but he's he's there to just sell shit. He does ripping ships. I don't know about whatever. Him. Yeah, Silent Mafia for life. He's literally just there for. 
Yeah, you don't have <laughs> you have you have banned accounts following. <laughs> yeah, I don't really give a shit. I don't dude, do you think I pay attention to that shit? No. The only reason I pay attention to it is when someone actually asks for a follow. Like I'll look at their at their profile and if it's like a fucking bot or if it's like a if it's somebody who's selling an OnlyFans specifically, it's like fuck no. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you bullshit. Have, who's, yeah, you got a bunch of people with no content following you. <laughs> yeah, they're and they're all user number people. Yeah. But I don't follow them back in most cases. I Threat usually is, just leave them to fo- leave them on follow. Threadosphere is the only only one that really and Cranium. I don't know. I don't know about Cranium though. Well, again, Mace I'm not on enough you. to give a shit. And Phil follows you. <laughs> That's because I finally found his dumbass and followed him. Yeah. And I followed uh, Sarah as well, but she doesn't post any content either. Neither of them post anything. I think Phil just has his account so he can actually go on to, to, to TikTok. Nice. Which, no judge, <laughs> that's what I did before. Right. But uh, exactly. Still, I've realized the game with TikTok. TikTok is all about, ta- uh, all about the hashtags. If you know mm. the right hashtags is how you get the fucking uh, the, the views you want. It's engagement. Like, I, I, I didn't realize this until I posted that one video where I showed my polls from my Modern Horizons box. I was just doing it so that my buddy Jay would actually see it, which convinced him to buy a fucking Modern Horizons box. And it's just like, I did it just for him. And I'm looking, I'm like, 1,800 people fucking watch this. What the fuck? <laughs> It's not about that. And then I realized it's, it's, about it's like, oh, because I tagged it with MTG tags. I'm like, oh, these people did it because they fucking, it ended up as part of the MTG TikTok uh, stratosphere, which is like, whatever. Yeah. Fine. Yep. Yep. That's exactly how it works. <laughs> so it, I could put it, nothing. It's so it's, I could put no, no hashtags on mine and mine will still go through to. Um, did I put one? Hold on. Yeah, I had no hashtags with me drinking Fago, and I got like fucking thirteen hundred views on it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I have another well, one. Well, you actually uh, have a you already have a following though, so you actually will yeah. get those views regardless. Yeah, yeah, my views have been pretty stagnant I, lately though. So. Well, if you're not consistent about it, that's one of the things. Is like, I, I've told as I've told as I've told multiple people in real life, I'm like, I'm not doing TikTok to get to blow up. I did TikTok because I wanted to go and, you know, there were people I was following that I was enjoying and I wanted to, you know, pay, I wanted to patron their, 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 their content. And then I made a couple of videos. I made one video just to make the goddamn, uh, you, t- the, the tab to leave me the fuck alone. Like make your first video, make your first video. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Here's my first video. <laughs> video of my fucking cat. Leave me alone. Now yeah. I got like six videos and it's just like, ugh. No, nah, I'm good. I've, I've been doing a lot of like just painting content and bullshit content. Well, it's you because you, yeah. you're full of bullshit. <laughs> I've had a lot of stuff yeah. go like viral lately. It's weird. <laughs> like, cool. thousand cool, plus, like thousand plus views. I'm just like, oh shit. All right, cool. <laughs> so. Whenever, whenever everything starts to, you know, go back to normal for you, hopefully you, you might be able to level off on a bunch of things. Yeah. That's another thing. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Getting back so, on topic. Getting back. What's our next, what's uh, our next insanity? Break. I think, I think we hit the two hour mark. So <laughs> who, who the fuck cares? Let's hit three hours. What the fuck, where the fuck do you have to be tomorrow? Awake. 
Uh, Why? Are you going gonna to overfeed your dog again? Yeah, exactly. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, if you want to get, you want to give her the sugar shits, that's on you. Exactly. No, it's uh, the wife's only day off, so I kind of have to be awake. Aw. So. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, plus, I want to get this What's up. next in the docket? A bunch of my, we, a bunch of our shit we can just kind of wind sprint through if you want. Like, the CEO of Hasbro dying, you know, rest in pe- pepperonis, dude. I, I mean, I know nothing about you. You, you were a you, you were a corporate suit who who contributed to, you know, what Hasbro was doing for good or for ill. You know, made made the afterlife be whatever the fuck you make it. Yeah, the other two I kind of want to hold on to, both Which really ones? three. Uh, the Twitch Critical Role backlash and the Switch Online expansion talk. I'd like to have Lando here for, and then the That's fine. the Paizo. The, the first one I want to say, I'm just going to, I'm just going to put it out there. This is the easiest way to put it. If you people are bitching about Critical Role making money off of their fucking Twitch content, understand that you are the reason why they did so. So you were the gun literally held to your, held to your fucking temple. Dude, you guys this gave them pro- 13, you guys gave them 13 million in one week. <laughs> they made 9 million you, over a year. <laughs> that's just subscriptions and fucking bits. That's yeah. their ad revenue. You have literally bankrolled them and are bitching because they're getting money. Fuck you. Yeah, no, exactly. I don't even like Critical Role because they're fucking mainstream, and I still say fuck you for being so bitchy about it. Yeah. You're the one who gave them the goddamn money. I don't you want watch a fucking it. refund. I don't watch it. I I'm don't. Talking, I don't I'm contribute not, to it. I'm, so there's no reason. There's no reason for me to like. That's. Why I think it's hilarious that people are complaining about it. I just. <laughs> It's your fault. It's your fault. It is. You were literally the noose around your own neck. Why the fuck are you complaining? Yeah. Like people are people make the weirdest fuck get the weirdest fucking boners about shit. And I get it. The whole Twitch thing opened a big fucking sore in people's people's arms about the money that's going around to these different people. Like Hassan Piker, you know, the socialist yeah. who makes more money than you and I will ever see in our fucking lives. <laughs> I mean, the irony is not lost on me. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm just gonna say. Yep. It's just, it, it, it's funny because it's like, you never, you don't, when the, the curtain gets peeled back, you're like, oh shit. I thought it was for a full year. And I was like, oh, these people don't even make a fucking living. And then I was like, wait, that's only for one month. And I fucked it. Whatever. <laughs> it's, it's, it's realizing that you have people who can make a mil, a cold, hard million in a month doing fucking doing next to fucking nothing in the contrast of actual physical labor. Yep. What they may do, like knowing, knowing, knowing your volume levels, you know, making sure your stream stream lab shit's working, you know, having all of your, you know, your ducks in a row, all of the equipment that you spend on whatever, you know, your if you pay your mods, which if you're big enough, if you're making millions of dollars a month and you're not paying your mods, pay your fucking mods. I don't care what your affiliation is. I don't care what your fucking political background is. Pay your fucking mods. They are making sure that you do not have people dropping n bombs all over the gamer word, as it's now called, um, and you know, generally make keeping everything relatively copacetic. The water's calm, as it were. Pay your fucking mods, and I'm not talking <laughs> about the you know the the, uh, the one off you know wrenches Hate that reads. you throw every once in a while to people. I'm talking <laughs> about your consistent people who come to your streams with dedication and are ever vigilant. Pay your fucking mods. Yeah, it's um, uh, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just, I just don't know anymore. I if I if I'm gonna, 
like when I was saying when I was going to buy that monitor and stream, I'm not streaming on Twitch. I'm not doing it. I'll do Facebook. I'll do YouTube. I, I'm not touching Twitch. I'm just not doing it, especially with like their fucking hate raids and stuff. Like I can't like I can't do it that way. I, if Even if I get two viewers and then hate rated like I would fucking lose my mind. <laughs> so, yeah, no. I do want to throw something else out to people because I see a lot of people on on TikTok doing it recently. If there's a topic that you want us to cover or you want to ask us a very specific question or you want us to cover something very specific, I want to open it up to you guys. And I know we say, like, if you want to interact with us, go ahead and interact with us on, like, Twitter and stuff like that. But if it's something, like, super specific you want us to talk about, I'm going to set up, um, like, a Kofi like type thing. And for like a buck, you can send us a topic that you want us to cover. You want us to deep dive into and we'll give it the full run of the mill rundown for a dollar. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we've, we've been pretty good about like when we get into things like deep diving into shit, but like it takes time. Right. And all of us do our research and we do a lot of the research. And if it's something you specifically want us to cover, I don't think a dollar is asking for much. So I'm going to set up a Kofi. Um, I'm going to put it on a, on our links in the thing, throw a dollar and the topic you want us to cover and we'll deep dive that shit for you. So, um, and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be gaming related. It could be fucking, I guess, political related at this point. I don't fucking care anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> when we, we uh, talk, as we, much as we bitch, as much as we bitch about not wanting to talk about fucking po- politics, and it keeping comes them separate up. from like our hobbies it's bled too fucking hard in i can see why a lot of the people who were originally like gaming content creators have become much more politicized it's fucking annoying but it's just it's just a fucking reality yeah so for a dollar we're not asking for much so but like i said you want us to cover something specific you want it to give us a, a fucking routine or something like you you want us to cover like we talk about magic all the time. You want us to cover a magic type deck or a deck build or something like that. You want us to deep dive that shit. Throw us a dollar and write and, you know, give us a description of what you want us to talk about. It's not advertising because I'm not going to read your advertisements. If I mean, obviously I will <laughs> if you're paying me to do it, but it's, it's going to be a lot more than a dollar <laughs> for me to run advertisement for you. I'll tell you that right right now. But um, I mean, I mean, at that point, you might as well open a Fiverr account then. Yeah, no, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm not even I'm not even running ads for five bucks. That's something that you got to talk to us about. And we got to work out a, a fucking media plan for. But anyway, um, yeah, I just just something I want to throw out there. Um, get everybody a little bit more involved. Um, and, and, you know, I it'll mean, put us on a, I, it'll I mean, put us on a regular schedule. Question. So, yeah. You're you're getting you're getting actual like feedback, right? What do you mean? In general, like you get feedback on on what on our content. Yeah, there's a few people that regularly give me feedback. So cool. Yeah, hell, it's hell, it's an every week thing. Any anytime anytime something is put on our podcast and like the day after or like two days after it's uploaded, I have feedback from like at least four or five people. So like I said, if there's something that like you guys want us to cover. Um, I know there's a lot of you guys listening now. Uh, we've hit almost 3,000 downloads on our podcast, uh, even with taking three weeks off. Still getting steady downloads. So, like I said, if there's something you really want, I'm not pushing you guys into anything because we're going to cover what we're going to cover, especially if it's, like, something super popular. Um, we'll cover it. 
But if there's like something we missed and you want us to talk about it, throw us a dollar. Tell us what you want us to talk about. We'll research it, deep dive it. And that's on you guys. So, um, yeah, follow us on the YouTube. Uh, go listen to that YouTube podcast that we uh, Lando and Drew put up. Um, not put up that the one that they did that I put on the YouTube because I couldn't figure out how to strip down the um, the audio. Go give that a listen. Uh, get it some views. You can subscribe to that. All of our podcasts from here, no matter how you're listening to it, Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Podbean itself, go up straight directly to the YouTube channel so you can watch it on YouTube and play it in the background if you want. Um, there's no video to it. It's literally just the audio with a picture on there. Um that Podbean just pushes out. So all of the stuff's on there too. So if for some reason we can't figure it out, it's we can't figure out the audio. It's going to go straight to YouTube. We might do a, a couple more like YouTube exclusive things. Like maybe throw out like a, like a behind the scene, not behind the scenes, maybe like a random episode here and there. Um, it's not going to be like a permanent thing. You're going to get everything right here on the podcast. Like you normally do. That's just something I couldn't figure out. And it has one exclusive. So Go check it out. Um, other than that, I think we got what we got. And as always, stay sexy and go fuck yourselves. <laughs>